for being here to anoint me and to lead me and guide me so that I can feed your people. This is what you have called me to do. And Lord, I want to be faithful in the calling that you have placed on my life. In faith, I sit down. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for coming in and taking over. In the wonderful name of Jesus, my soul says, amen. Amen. I ask you to turn in your Bibles to Luke, the sixth chapter. Luke, the sixth chapter. We're going to be looking at verses 17 to 26. Luke, the sixth chapter, and I'm going to tell you what page it is in a minute. Okay, it's on page 837. 837 in the Red Bibles. 837 in the Red Bibles. Amen? Luke 6, and we're going to look at verses 17 to 26. He went down, talking about Jesus. He went down with them and stood on a level place. A large crowd of his disciples was there, and a great multitude of people from all over Judea, from Jerusalem, and from the coastal region around Tyre and Sidon, who had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. Those troubled by impure spirits were cured, and the people all tried to touch him because power was coming from him and healing them all. Mm, I love that. Looking at his disciples, he said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy. Because great is your reward in heaven, for that is how their ancestors treated the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have already received your comfort. Woe to you who are well fed now, for you will go hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, For you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when everyone speaks well of you. For that is how their ancestors treated the false prophets. Mm. If you notice from our bulletin, the title of our sermon is Outside the Box. Now I'm sure that if you've ever been in any kind of business meeting, You've heard that slogan at one time or another. You may have heard it in a classroom from your teacher or your professor when they were trying to get you to expand your thinking. You may have heard it from someone when they were trying to get you to not limit 
your possibilities. They, they would say to you, you got to think outside the box. You may have heard it from someone when they were trying to encourage you not to follow the crowd or not just to believe something because somebody else believed it, but to learn to think for yourself, to think outside the box. Well, when I thought about that title that God dropped in my spirit, I said, Lord, there's a great many people that are going around in this world who are claiming to be thinking outside the box. And because they are claiming to think outside the box, they are accepting and believing in teachings that are contrary to the word of God. They say, you are limiting yourself because you're believing the Bible, so you're inside the box, but we're going to think outside the box. Well, my brothers and sisters in Christ, when I, I thought about that, I said, if there was one person who taught outside the box, if there was in one person who, who thought outside the box, if there was one person who preached outside the box, mm -hmm. it was our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Now, I, I don't know uh, about you, but I was impressed when I, I saw in Scripture it said that a great amount of people had came to hear Jesus, but they not only came to hear Jesus, but they came to have their sicknesses and their diseases healed. And I said, Lord God, I know that that's what you still expect to see manifested in your services and in your worship on Sunday morning. That not only do people come excited about hearing the word of God, but they come excited because they expect to have their needs met when they come into the presence of Almighty God. But not only were the people excited about Jesus' teaching and about his performing miracles. But they were excited because what he was saying to them did not fit into the status quo. I want you to, to look at what, what this message was. I want you to remember that God told us in Isaiah 55, uh, 8, he says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Mm -hmm. And my ways are, are not your ways. So Jesus is, is showing that to be a fact when he says here, blessed are those who are poor, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you if you're hungry now, for you will be satisfied. And on and on he goes in and you say, wow, what is God teaching us here? What is God trying to show us? In this man, because when he says, Blessed are those that are poor, that just wipes out everything that we have ever been taught in the physical realm. Amen. Amen. It just Amen. wipes out everything that so many people are, are looking for in their lives and so on and so forth. God said, Blessed are those who are poor. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And then a little further down, he goes and he says, Woe to you who are rich, for you have already received your reward. How does that make you feel in the inside? Just that, hearing those verses, what, what does that make you feel in the inside? Who's brave enough to answer? 
When you hear those words, blessed are the poor, and uh, when you're poor, and, and woe to you if you're, well, how does that make you feel on the inside? It makes me feel like if I do well, that I've used God's favor on earth. That you have used it or abused it? Uh, well, either way you want to look at it, I guess. Is a, a, but the favor is not going to be granted to me because it has been given to me before time. Okay. Okay. Blessed are the poor. I feel, you know, I, my perception is that I think we, what we are pursuing is not what God is. What we are pursuing is not what God is wanting us to pursue. Sheree? What satisfies us is not really what it is. And Sheree, you don't have anything? Adrian. But that doesn't address the the verse. You say that I have more to look forward to. But God said, blessed are the poor, for they shall inherit the kingdom of God. Adrian, what is God saying to you? You don't have any... Desi, what is God saying? I know this is not usual, but uh, whatever. For those who are poor, um, they're going to be granted um, because right now they may be suffering, but they may be lacking, so God will bless them. Desiree hit it more than anybody else. Christian? Say that again. Okay, how Moses brought the people of Egypt out of uh, Israel out of Egypt into the promised land. Amen. Okay, when God says here, blessed are those who are poor. And we're going to talk about what you said. We're going to get to it because that, that was the key. God wants you to understand that the people of that day thought about money and wealth the same way that you think about money and wealth. Most of the people in this world, some of you who maybe did not want to respond or whatever, but the natural conclusion is that if you're blessed, if you're rich, this is what they thought in those days. That money meant that God was blessing you. How many times you he hear people say, God bless me, I, I got this amount of money, or I got that amount of money, I was able to achieve that. So in, in our way of thinking, the blessings of God are connected with wealth. And God is going to be showing us this morning that yes, wealth can be involved, but blessings of God are not contingent on wealth. And Adrian, I mean, Desiree gave the key because there was a lot of poor people in that audience that day. And I want you to understand, just as we think that if you're blessed financially, that you're being blessed by God, that if you have a lot of money or you have a, a job that pays a lot of money and so on and so forth, that you are being favored by God. So the natural connotation is well, if you're favored by God because you have a lot of money, 
If you're favored by God because you got a job that pays the big salary, the six figures and the nine figures and whatever, then that means the poor are not blessed by God. And that's what the people have been taught. And that's what people even think today. Okay, that if you're poor, you are not under the favor of Almighty God. So God is trying to let the people know then, and he is trying to get the people know today that if you're poor, that does not mean that God is withholding his favor from you. How many times have you heard when someone has been sick or someone has been down on what the world calls their luck, which I don't believe in luck at all. But when you hear people say things like that, they say, oh, I must have, <coughs> I must have did something wrong. God must be punishing me. But God wants you to see, and he wants me to see, okay, that just because you are not financially where someone else is, don't allow that to make you think that God is withholding his favor from you. Amen. That your favor is only going to come in the afterlife. You, you, God says, don't allow the world because you are poor or because you're a woman or because you're black or because you're white, whatever. Don't allow people to put you in a cubby hole. And that's what the world tends to do. They'll, they'll, they'll put you in different sections, se section eight and section six and section five and all this other kind of stuff. God wants you to understand that his love for you and his blessings for you are not contingent on how much money you have, but God's blessings and so forth contend on your relationship with him. Blessed are the poor, for theirs is the kingdom of God. God said this morning to remind you of something that we learned in Bible study yesterday. And it says, don't be intoxicated by the things that you see. Y'all remember that from yesterday? Amen. Don't be intoxicated by the things that you see. You know that money can be like a drug. Yes, Do you understand that? The more people get, the more they want. The more they get, the more of their time is spent on acquiring money rather than the time being spent with loved ones and so on and so forth. Do you know that money can be a drug? Oh, I got to have this much. And if you look at how much you got this year compared to how much you had five years ago, you would have thought in your mind, if I just made that amount of money, I'll be okay. And now you make, you're making it, but now you're still not okay. Do you, do you see what God is saying? God is trying to let us know here and understand here that what we do is we focus on trying to acquire worldly wealth. And while we're doing that, we are neglecting our eternal salvation with God. Amen. When you Amen. think about how much time you spend on trying to acquire wealth and how much time you spend on worshiping and praying and studying and, and the things of God. Do you understand? So God is not against people having money. He is not against it because he has already told us over and over again that we are blessed to be a blessing, right? He already told us that the cattle on a thousand hills belongs to us. He already told us that we could have the riches and so on and so forth. But God said the problem is that instead of you having the riches or so forth, the world having riches, the riches have them. Amen. And there's a difference. There is a difference. 
So God says, blessed are the poor, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You say, Pastor, I still don't understand that. So in order to make it a little bit clear, are you raising your hand? He's stretching. You want to no, say? Thinking, you th I'm, you I'm think thinking uh, 99% of the rich have they get their money. Say that again. I'm kind of thinking 99% of the rich have they get their money. Amen. How did they get it? Because, you know, they're, they're probably, I mean, from what I see, a lot of people are committing terrible sins. Yes. Their money. Amen. And it's them at the Amen. Amen. And it's it's not their time and their energy is so spent on acquiring wealth that they don't have the proper time for God. Amen. And then, and, and I'm not putting you on the spot. I'm not even going to look at you. But every time when we talk about giving to somebody else, then people kind of squirm. You know, that's a lot for me to give. That's a, a lot for me to do. But when we realize what we have in comparison to what somebody else has, it's like, wow, how can, how can we think that way? All right? So let me just give you an example. I'm not going to keep you long, but I'm going to explain this. Uh, blessed are the poor, for this is the kingdom of God. Because there's school, two schools of thought with it. The one school of thought is that God is talking about money. He's talking about wealth. Okay, so we're going to look at a man that was wealthy. Turn in your Bibles, okay, turn in your Bibles to Luke 19. And I, don't, I have it printed up so somebody tell them, someone, the page number in the red Bibles. 856. 856. 856. Thank you, young man. 853. Amen. My baby, he can read, y'all. He can read. 853. Everybody have it speak to me, Lord. Okay, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. Now, he's just going through. He, don't, he doesn't intend on staying there, all right? A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was what? Wealthy. He was wealthy. He was rich. He wanted to see who Jesus was. But because he was short, he couldn't see over the crowd. Y'all heard this story before. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him. <laughs> since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. It was a divine appointment. Mm -hmm. It was a divine appointment. Mm -hmm. It was a divine. God has some divine appointments with some of y'all that you have missed out on. Mm -hmm. Okay. I must come to your house. So he came down and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Okay? Mm -hmm. Blessed is the poor, for this is the kingdom of God. He said, okay, pastor, if God is talking about finances, and if he's not talking about that it's a bad thing to have money, why do you give us this story? Well, let's look at Zacchaeus for a minute. First thing we know is he had a job of authority. He had, a, he had a position. He didn't have a job like at McDonald's. He had a position like a CEO. All right. So he had a position. 
But not only did he have a position of authority, scripture says he was wealthy. He had a whole lot of money. All right. And as Ed said, the question could be asked, how did he get all that money? We're not going to talk about all of that today, but I'll tell you in a minute. Okay. What you need to see from this is that he had a position of authority and he was a wealthy man, but there was something missing on the inside. There was was something missing on the inside. The position that he had, the prestige that he thought that position gave to him, the amount of money that he was able to make did not satisfy him on the inside. You say, Pastor, how do you know that? Because scripture says that he had heard about Jesus and he wanted to see who Jesus was. Now, normally a man of position, a man that is wealthy, he's going to hear about an itinerant preacher that's going around preaching and teaching. You must be saved. And he's not going to pay any more attention. That's some, some stupid itinerant preacher. I'm not worried about him. I'm not going to waste my time trying to go and listen to him. I got what I need. I got what I got a position of authority and I got money. How do I know that he was not satisfied with what he had because he was willing to embarrass himself to see Jesus. He was willing to embarrass himself. Y'all are people, you know, they don't want to speak up. They don't want to raid. They don't want to embarrass themselves in (coughs) praising and worshiping God. But this man had a hunger and he said, I'm a short man and I know I'm a short man, but I'm not going to allow my shortness to hinder me from getting my blessing. And God wants you to understand, my brothers and sisters in Christ, don't allow the way you look, don't allow the way you walk, don't allow the way you talk, don't allow your color, don't allow your, don't allow anything to hinder you from getting the blessings. That, and you know what the word blessed means when it says, blessed is the poor? The word, I looked it up to make sure. It means to be happy. It means to be happy. It means you want to know how to be happy? God is giving us a list of things that we'll cover the rest of them next week because we're not going to have time to do all of them today. But Zacchaeus had a hunger. He had a hurt inside of him that caused him to embarrass himself where he says, if I have to climb up a tree, and in those days, Jewish men especially, they would not like to what's the word, hoist, pull up their, their what, hike up their, their, their gowns or whatever so you would see their legs when they were running. That, that to them was a no-no. I mean, that was like, oh, that's what slaves and, or no, I'm not going to, ain't nobody going to see me hiking up my thing. And he said, if I got to be embarrassed, if I got to hike it up over my head to climb up this tree in order to see Jesus, I know that if I see him, there's going to be something in him that he's going to teach me that's going to help this gnawing on the inside. Had you ever... <laughs> If you, if that, my aunt wants to say something so bad, and since I started it, I'm not going to stop. Go I, ahead. I just have a story about, I don't know if anybody knows the story about uh, 
she got Grand Ole Opera in Nashville. Uh huh. The old, the old opera. Uh huh. Called the Mother Church. But I don't know if anybody knows how it was came about. But down in Nashville, down near the water down there, it was a sea captain. He was rich. He owned all the ships and everything, and he had. Ladies of the night down there, and uh -huh. everything simple down there, and everybody went down there, and, and he was he, he practically owned the town. Uh -huh. And he heard about this preacher who was preaching up on the hill. Uh huh. And he got infatuated, like you were saying. And uh -huh. He got curious, and he went up there one one day or one night to hear him out on the street. And this guy took him, uh, this preacher, and fascinated him so much. He's the one. That, Everything he had, he built that grand old opera. Amen. Church, Amen. 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 And it's almost an identical story here. Yeah. Because when he, Jesus came under the tree, that it shows you the, uh, the omniscience, the all-knowing God. Yeah. Because how did Jesus know he was up in that sycamore tree? He comes to him and he says, I must. I must. I must. Come to your house for dinner. I'm, it's, it's a divine appointment. It's of utmost importance that you come on down. Don't you stay up in that tree. Don't you stay up looking down on the people of this world. You got this and you got that and you able to acquire this and you able to, don't you stay up there and don't come down and be able to help somebody else when they're in need. God says you got to understand that blessed are the poor for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are those who are not so wrapped up and tied up in their money. Yeah. That they're not willing to go out and reach out to help somebody else. He said, you come on down. And when he came down from the house, what did the people say? As soon as the people saw him come down from the house, they started complaining. They said, look at him. Look at him. Jesus. I thought Jesus was a holy man. I thought Jesus was a righteous man. I thought Jesus was a man of God. Look at him. He's going to the house of a sinner. Aren't you glad? Yeah. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that he's willing to come down and fellowship with those of us who were sinners, were sinners, because now we're saints. Amen? Amen? Let's look at the rest of this. Like Zacchaeus stood, okay, he came down. Zacchaeus, the people are talking about him. I thank God for Zacchaeus because Zacchaeus don't pay any attention to what they're saying. He could have gotten into an argument. You see how Satan does? Remember we were talking yesterday day about these the little things he comes in and tries to start little disagreements and little arguments and so on and so forth. This is what he tries to do. Zacchaeus ignored him. It says Zacchaeus came down and he says, look, Lord, he's talking about I'm a sinner. And he's right. Because some of this money that I've made, I've made it illegally. Because Zacchaeus was a what? Thank you. He was a tax collector. And what were tax collectors known to do? They were known to steal from the people. They were known that the people would, uh, they would tell the people that their taxes was $100 and their taxes really was only 25 But they would put the other 75 in their pocket. That's how they became wealthy. That's how they became wealthy. 
And Zacchaeus, he immediately, I'm not going to deny I'm a sinner. Brothers and sisters in Christ, the moment before you are saved, that's what you've got to know. The moment, but not after you're saved. Because after you're saved, God doesn't classify you as a sinner. He classifies you as a saint. You're classified. Just like when I got married, one minute before I got married, I was classified as single. The next minute after I was married, I was classified as married. So my classification, when I accept Jesus as my Lord and my Savior, my classification changed in the sight of God. I'm no longer classified as a sinner. I am now classified as a saint. I don't have to live 200 years and have the, some church uh, can, canonize me and all this other kind of stuff. God says that we become saints when we become believers. He says, yes, I'm a sinner. He says, but I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'll take half of my possession, half of everything that I own, and give it to the poor. Half of everything that I own and give it to the poor. Because I know that even if I give half to the poor, I'm going to have more than enough to live on. Okay? Then the next thing he says and if I have stole from anybody, and I don't know if he did or if he didn't steal from anybody, but he says, what I'll do is I'll give them four times as much as I took from them. What is Zacchaeus showing us? Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to your house. Now remember, he says, because this man too is the son of Abraham. He was also a Jew. So he was under the covenant. Okay. For the son of man came to do what? Seek and to save those who are lost. So Zacchaeus had to come to the revelation, wisdom, and knowledge of the same thing that each of us need to. That we're a sinner in need of a savior. And then he had to repent. And repentance involves turning around from doing the same thing you were doing before. Hallelujah. He was not saved, y'all, because he gave half of his goods to the poor. Amen. He was not saved because he paid back anybody four times what he may have taken from them. He was saved because he had came to a believing faith that Jesus was and is the son of the living God. That this preacher that he had been hearing about was not just any preacher, but he was the Messiah, the one that they had been looking for. He had to come to the conclusion that money was not the most important thing in his life. That his relationship with God was the most important. Is it with you? Is it with you? And we have to be honest. Someone said dope. We have to be honest. Because some reason we think that our retirement fund, our social security, our checks, our bank account, that this is what's going to keep us secure. But if you remember, none of us in here, well, I don't know, I was a baby. But the crash of the stock market, like in 1940 or something, 
and everybody lost everything they had. So if your hope and your faith is based on what you have, your possessions, and not on the fact that God is the source of your supply. God is the source of your supply. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Some people say it's talking about money, but some people say it's not talking about money. What do they say it's talking about? Turn to Matthew 5, verse 3, and I'm getting ready to close. Oh, hallelujah. You got to put both of them together. You got to put both of them together. Matthew 5, verse 3. Somebody give the page number when they get it. 785. 785. 785. Matthew 5, verse 3. Mm -hmm. 785. Matthew 5, verse 3. You have it. Speak to me, Lord. Speak to me, Lord. Blessed are the poor, but notice God adds something here that's not in Luke. That's why you have to read all the Gospels together and stuff, right? And to get the whole picture. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are the poor in, in Luke 6. It said blessed are the poor, period, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Matthew says, blessed are the poor in spirit. That is totally different. That is saying that each one of us, in order to be wealthy and rich in the sight of God, we got to start off poor in the spirit. What does it mean to be poor in spirit? Just because of time, I'm not going to let you answer, but it means where you come to the revelation, wisdom, and knowledge that you are nothing without God. That there's nothing that you can do. There's nothing that you can acquire. There's no goodness. You can't come to church often enough. You can't sing on the choir often enough. You can't pay enough tithes. You can't come to enough Bible studies in order to make you acceptable to God. It's got to be, Lord, I know. Spiritually, I am nothing without you. Blessed are the poor in spirit. That means coming to the revelation, wisdom, and knowledge at a point in time in your life that you can't do it on your own, that you need God, that you need Jesus. Then when you realize you can't do it on your own and you you need Jesus and you accept him, then the kingdom of God belongs to you. You see that? You see that? So in my way of thinking, God is sending two messages. There was some reason that he allowed it to be chopped off in Luke 6. I think he wanted the discussions about finances because he knows that if there's one area that if he can get people to put him first in is their finances, then he'll be first in every area of their life. And that is the truth. If he can get you to put him first in your finances, then he can get you to put him first in every area of your life. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom. Happy, not when you're initially poor, but after you give your life to Christ, you can be happy. Amen? Amen. Come back next week and we will talk about the rest of what Jesus has to say when he says, blessed are those who are hungry 
Okay, blessed are those who are thirsty. We'll talk about those next week. Amen. Amen. Let's say a word of prayer. Father God, you did what you always do. And Lord, I just thank you. I ask you to bless us, Lord God, and to help us to take this message. You know, I I didn't want to do this message with it being Communion Sunday. And I kept telling you, you know, Lord, it's Communion Sunday. I don't want to be talking about finances. But you kept saying it needs to be done on Communion Sunday because people need to learn to put you first over their finances. Lord, we love you. We bless you. If there's anyone here that doesn't know you in the parting of their sins, as that song said that we listened to, take a deep look inside. If you would die today on the way home, where would you be? If you would die today on the way home, where would you be? If you accepted Jesus as your Lord and your Savior and have repented of your sins, you can say with confidence, I would be with my Lord. Amen Amen. Amen. and amen. Our invitational hymn, all heads bowed and all eyes 